everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I am Robert, your features editor. Andrew Rotten, your editor-in-chief. Rollage Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, zombie wrangler. Zombie wrangler, that's right. Uh, this week we're going to talk a lot about zombie wrangling and Back for Blood, as well as a few other games. Um, but first, let's dive into the news. The Nintendo Switch online pass thing is getting a, an expansion pack and they're acutely uh, calling it you know the pak kind of like that uh you know that old school n64 thing the the rumble pack yeah like the rumble pack yeah mm-hmm. um but essentially there's now going to be two plans of nintendo switch online there's the one that we all know already that we're all familiar with it's like 20 bucks a year individual plan and family plan i believe is 30 was 30 five i think five yeah and, you know, that gives you online play and all that jazz in Tetris 99, the best battle royale game on the planet. Seriously. Um, mm-hmm. And now there's going to be this new one they're calling with the expansion pack. So it's going to be $50 a year for the individual plan or $80 a year for the family membership plan. And this gives you all of Nintendo Switch Online, the, the other pack, as well as access to a bunch of N64 and Genesis games. Well, a bunch might be a lot. A handful. Say, a handful. It was like 10, right? Yeah. Including some big ones like, you know, Mario 64 and all that. Sanic. Yeah. And the Animal Crossing DLC that got announced uh, last week. Happy Happy Home Paradise is what it's called. It's like $25 if you buy it on your own. But if you do that expansion pack, you get it for free, quote unquote. I love yeah, it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to play Ocarina of Time for the 700th time. Mm-hmm. And that might sound facetious, but day one, I'm just going to sit down and power through that game. That is so much fun. <laughs> so you're going to pay Nintendo a premium so you can play again. Ocarina of Time again. Pretty much, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have a working, I don't have a working Nintendo 64. I guess I could pull out my 3DS to replay it. Um, my Wii U is broke. I think I have a working Wii somewhere, but I don't even think that my TV has the hookups for for a Wii anymore. Because oh, yeah. that was highest you could get was composite. Um, and even that, it was, I think, like a 480i video out, mm. which I just would not trust on a 4K <laughs> monitor. <laughs> no, I always forget that the Wii is that old or like doesn't even have, it doesn't even have HDMI, right? No, no, no yeah. HDMI. Yeah, it's wild. What's like the original 360 didn't have HDMI either. Um, mm-hmm. That came later, either with the arcade or the slim. But yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I know that some people have been questioning the prices for Nintendo doing what Nintendo does best and giving you access to games that you have likely already purchased across four systems. Um, mm-hmm. for fifty dollars a year, yeah, for, for paying an insane amount, yeah. Well, well, fifty dollars a year—that's still less than a year of just like the base PlayStation Plus or games or um, um, Xbox Gold. Oh, right. You mean those services where you get new games? Uh, well, no, because because oh. that's just like base. Like you'll get PlayStation Plus games and games with gold. But that's not factoring in like PlayStation Now or uh, or Game Pass, because mm-hmm. Game Pass yearly I think gets to like one fifty. It's fourteen ninety nine if you pay monthly, and then okay. 
So, so slightly less than that if you pay annually. I don't remember. Well, I, I don't know if you can do annually for Game Pass, but you do occasionally get like like the three month gift card for Game Pass goes on sale. That's usually when I pick it up because then mm-hmm. you know you get it all a little cheaper. You can stock it up. But I think it's but, great. I think it makes sense. I really hope that this means that um that Nintendo is going to put some more thought and some more effort into the back end um, of online. No, they won't. No. You're already paying for the bad version. Why would they make it better? Well, I know that um, when when Monster Hunter Rise came out, that was on the newer version of their backend online. Um, and people did talk quite highly of, of the, the Monster Hunter Rise multiplayer um, compared to like when I when I was doing the review for Smash Bros. Ultimate playing online was impossible Mm. um like just trying to play like wired on my couch 10 feet away from my router uh that was just impossible to play it was just not a fun experience which is why i'm so glad that in my new oled switch dock they finally added an ethernet port so i can never plug one in to play an online game anyway because that's that's the thing with switch is that i feel because you know a lot of people are comparing the new 50 dollars price point to the 60 dollars PlayStation Network and games of gold or Xbox Live, right? And I still think back to if I want to hop on to my PS5 or my Series X and, you know, just where are we dropping, boys, right? I want to hop into a game with some friends. I just put on my headset, turn it on, and I'm good. That's it. I've done it. I paid $60 for that convenience. If I've paid Nintendo $50 for this, I have to get my phone out, hook my app up to whatever the fuck I need to hook it up to, somehow have two feeds of audio from two different sources come to me just so I can talk to my boys in Splatoon. And that's What's weird is, haven't some games fixed that? I'm pretty sure like Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch has in-game voice chat. But it's in game. It's not. It's not Nintendo solving the problem. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's Epic <laughs> Games solving the problem. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I always think back to is that I. I don't know if Nintendo has ever really provided a even decent online experience compared to its competitors. But I also don't think that's necessarily Nintendo's strengths. Like I've never thought about. Man, I can't wait to play Breath of the Wild online. You know, that's not really what I think of when it comes to Nintendo. No, you think, oh, I can't wait to buy this again and pay them for the privilege of this 25-year-old game again. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait. It's so this, this expansion pack bullshit is the worst of all of Nintendo all over. It's a bad service for really old games that, like, if you haven't played them by now, that's crazy, one. And two, if you have, like, if you haven't, like, it's, uh, I don't know, to, to pay this much to get access to them is crazy. And I don't know. It, it's, a lot, it's, a, it's a lot of arrogance and hubris on Nintendo's part to be like, you know what? Our games are so good, even our 25-year-old ones, that people are going to pay this much money for them. That's just nuts. It's, I think the way Square's handled it on Switch has been good in terms of, like, the older Final Fantasies. They're not stupidly expensive, um, they work great, and and that's that. At least in my mm. opinion, Virtual Console yeah. going away was the dumbest thing. Yeah, yeah, because I could I could see a world where like if you could boot up a Virtual Console and you pay like ten to twenty bucks for like the specific older games you want to emulate, 
I can see that. A one time I pay that fee. I don't have to keep a subscription. Yeah. But I mean, uh, at least like I'm, I'm looking at this list of games and seeing, Ooh, I can't wait to replay that. Can't wait to replay that. Ha ha. You know, finally an F zero is on a new Nintendo console. I want to play that. I want to play that. I'm looking forward to Pokemon snap coming out, um, to, you know, the original paper Mario that I've still only ever gotten like halfway through in the past. Um, I see all of that coming on and I'm thinking, well, I'm, you know, I have a, like a family plan with friends that at no point Nintendo has discouraged doing. So this has been a $10 per year. It's gone from like $4 67 to $10 per year, um, for access that I know Nintendo would be saying, oh, you want to play Ocarina of Time? 20 bucks. Paper Mario, 20 bucks. Pokemon Snap, 20 bucks. Mario 64, um, 20 bucks. Yeah, Mario. Well, Mario 64, they've just sold and then stopped selling as part of the HD Mario pack, um, which I think is completely baffling because I own that. And now one of those three games I just have access to as part of my subscription. But, you know, knowing how, like when, when Nintendo originally dropped Pokemon Yellow on the 3DS, I think that was like 15 bucks. But if I can, if I can get, you know, play eight games that Nintendo would have individually sold me for 20 bucks or 15 bucks or even 10 bucks for the sake of argument. Um, and I play those eight games on my $10 per year service. Like it just cost wise, it, it works in my favor. I can understand if you're paying 80 bucks for two people or 50 bucks just for yourself that um you know that's a that's a more difficult cost per play hypothetical uh but i'm i'm more than more than down to to pay 10 bucks a year to get access to those old games for cheaper than if i tried to to purchase them separately from nintendo right but you also have the the extra benefit of like you you've already organized a group of seven other people right oh definitely get all this i think that's very gonna be the minority by a lot yeah i feel like a majority of people will at most be splitting that 80 dollar plan between like two or three people you know yeah yeah which i mean it's still not bad but i think the more interesting thing to me of all this is what's the future of the expansion pack right because you know the emulation that's cool whatever like everyone's gonna have their own take on whether it's exciting or not to be able to play mario 64 again but what's interesting is that they're adding that animal crossing expansion pack right and i feel like expansion packs in the world of nintendo are they feel fairly new still they're, they haven't been doing them as long as you know many other games but does this mean you know like if smash came out within the past year and then this expansion pack came out, would we see a future where they would add the Smash DLC fighter passes to the expansion pack? Are they going to add Breath of the Wild 2's DLC to this expansion pack? If Metroid Prime 4 ever comes out and has expansions, would that be in this, you know what I mean? So are you, is this like essentially right now, maybe that $50 a year isn't meaning a lot to you, but two years from now, if $50 a year also nets you Metroid DLC, Link DLC and all of that, is that a more enticing option to you? I think that's some pie in the sky thinking. 
That's what I think. I don't think that's happening at all. This Animal mm. Crossing thing is probably the one time it's happening. You think so? Yep. Huh. And then, if, the, if I that's mean, true, Nintendo can, doesn't. Uh, it's just the timing with this. It's like, oh, we need, we want to get people on this expansion pack. Here's a way that we might get more people doing it. And this is so they're adding Animal Crossing onto it. Or, and they they do this kind of stuff all the time where they do this one shot and we're never going to see this kind of thing again. Uh, they're going to make you pay for the expansion pack. Or the numbers are going to pop on their subscription service because of it and they're going to be like, oh shit, we should do this more. And you're going to see it kind of built out more and more. Maybe Nintendo it's, make I mean, a you sensible can hope that decision? There's a, I mean, you can hope that there's a, a, a numbers guy at Nintendo that's like me that sees numbers and it's like, okay, we should do more of that. Yeah. Um, if there were, but, they we would. This wouldn't exist like this. <laughs> if they had that guy, fair. <laughs> they would be doing I'm, other things by now. It's true. But I'm just thinking, like in terms of Microsoft's entire business strategy, right? Like there is very little that's as exciting as seeing. Here's this big exclusive Microsoft has, and it's day one on Game Pass, right? Like that. That final day one on Game Pass is like the. It seals the deal. For like I want to check out that Microsoft exclusive, right? And I'm wondering if this Nintendo expansion pack could be that same avenue for them, right? Where, eh, maybe I wouldn't have picked up, you know, that DLC, or maybe I'm going to pick up that DLC for sure. But now it's like a nice bonus that I'm going to get it, quote unquote, for free because I already pay fifty dollars a year for this thing. You know what I mean? Like this could kind of be their Game Pass sort of. Yeah, but, but I think Nintendo also is always like our products are way better than everybody else's. We don't need that gimmicky BS to get people to play and buy our games. They will pay full price for our games. And they've kind of held that for the entire time. And the thing is, people do. And that's what I mean. It works. Like, there's a reason they do it. (laughs) Yeah. To To buy new copies of, like, Super Mario Maker 2 is still, like, 50, 60 bucks. It has not changed. It's, it's like Disney with their vault nonsense. Like the, those stuff. I mean, they don't do really much. Disney Plus has obviously changed a bunch of stuff on that. But forever, like you couldn't buy copies of a movie. And when they came out, it'd be like 20 or $25 for the silver edition or whatever nonsense. It was like way more expensive when other, you know, other movies, you'd be like, all right, it's in the, the on sale bin for five bucks instead of paying 20, 25, 30 bucks for this DVD or Blu-ray. Same kind of crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's just what can happen when you have a company that that treats its stuff like it's prestige. Yeah, maybe more than it probably deserves. If we're being I, honest, I, probably some. But I mean, obviously, Nintendo games like when it's a first party like Nintendo game, they're never like duds. I can't think of the last one that's just like garbage. They're always Arms? okay. Arms, Arms it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it didn't. Pokken, it didn't. Pokken tournament. Well, was Pokken first part? Like, was that developed in house? I forget. I don't think yeah, so. I, think I don't know if it was. That's the, it came out in the arcades first. Did Pokemon Let's Go do well? I can't remember. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. I think people liked it. I remember seeing a lot of tweets about how you can like pet Eevee and change its its well and but well and Pikachu too. You can change their hairstyle if you pet them enough. Hmm. <laughs> I, I just don't remember, I remember people talking about it much more than a month after release. Yeah. It didn't have the, like, the, so a lot of the, the staying power, power for people for, like, Pokemon is, like, this is weird, but there's a lot of people that are definitely into the competitive part of it, and it didn't have anything for that. Mm-mm. It wasn't for that at all. 
Well, I feel like most Pokemon staying power comes from the mainline releases, right? Like I yeah. feel like the the discussion tale of um, Sword and Shield way longer than new Pokemon snaps, for example. You know. Yep. Well, new new Pokemon Snap was also just in general a shorter game. Mm. Like you could get through all of the maps in you know three days in a week versus Sword and Shield, which has then had like so much additional content added to it as well. Right. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to grab this expansion pack personally. I mean, I'm not a big Animal Crossing guy in the first place, and I feel like that would be the thing that would have grabbed me. Because otherwise, I mean, I've played Mario 64 before, you know. I'm, yeah, I think for most I'm of those good. games, if someone wanted to have played them, they would have found a way to play them by now. Yeah. That exactly. are on there. It's also the ease of access of like, here I am on my couch. My Switch is already in my hand. Um, and that, that app always keeps itself updated too. Like there's been times that I haven't played one of the SNES games on Switch in months. And then I'll open up the SNES app and it like presents all of the new game boxes to you like with a bow on them and so you like go and like select it and it like opens it like a little present it's like boom you can play this game now mm, that's um, cute. so it's it's um because it keeps itself updated it might be that you're in you know on a road trip in a plane or something and you're like man i want to play an n64 game you click on that tile and there's three more that you didn't even realize that you had access to um, just that that ease of access versus digging out your you know 3ds to play um to play skyward sword 3d or whatever yeah or yeah skyward sword hd even which they did re-release recently uh, yeah i'm yeah, still only I, a quarter of a way through that and i picked it up day one i yeah i only played a few hours of it and i'm i'm good <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna play any more of that personally but yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is just another example of Nintendo kind of, you know, they do things their own way, right? For sure. And I feel that that has always showed up the weakest when it comes to online services. Oh, yeah. Okay. They are still in the past making playing cards when it comes to online support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of larger companies making some changes, we've got a story about Valve here, uh, you know, famously known for Steam and the upcoming Steam Deck. Um, they are now banning any cryptocurrency games on Steam, period. Like, period, stop. No more cryptocurrency NFT type games. The caveat being that there are, like, if your game uses blockchain but does not deal with currencies, you're fine. But the second that there is a currency or NFC, NFT attached, it's not allowed on Steam. I mean, it's a good thing, I guess. It, crypto's become pretty gimmicky, uh, he says, owning 250,000 Shiba Inu coin. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, like MIR4, as an example on Steam, when that launched, it had on average 75,000 players and it was rated very negative. But it was that popular specifically because by playing the game you would earn crypto so it becomes this gamification that is not positive I, I mean i guess you could say it's positive for some but to me it, it playing a crappy game just to get crypto is just kind of against the spirit of things right you play games you want to play and that are fun not 
essentially a, a job that you hate to earn small amounts of crypto. Um, it's it's weird. It's I, I could not money. wrap my That's head around life. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just capitalism. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think it, it's like make it if you said like, hey, here's a game you could play. That's like, but you make real money. Like, you know, percentages of a of a cent for doing this thing over and over again. Everybody like, what are you talking about? Get the hell out of here. But you give it a currency and it's like, oh, they jump right on. It's it's just manipulation and taking advantage of people. Yeah, I mean, it's the same reason they use. Like, if you go to gamble in a casino, you're not putting down actual dollar bills. You're exactly. putting down chips. You're putting down chips. Yeah. Those They don't have real value. It's whatever, you know? I think, a, I mean, speaking of, like, capitalism, as you were saying before, Scrappy, but... <laughs> I think that the big issue that Valve probably has here, and this might be, you know, saying the inside part out loud, is I think that they just want that stuff off Steam because it's not going through their system. Um, oh, they're not oh, getting it. Could cut. be. Yeah. I think I think if there was a way that Valve was able to enforce that they get a small percentage of whatever that crypto transaction is, or they get some kind of processing fee that that would be more in line um one of the one of the other editors brought up you know the idea of like well you can sell the in-game items of the team fortress 2 hats or even steam has its trading cards Mm. that yeah there isn't like a, a finite amount like there is for nfts or there supposedly is for nfts but because it's going through that uh through that system like i bet if it was that like all the crypto you earn adds onto your steam wallet and then you can purchase trading cards with that crypto from your steam wallet um that i i think that that would be uh that would be where we see uh valve being okay with it yeah yeah where you can like actually pay for it through your steam wallet essentially so that Mm -hmm. way valve can get a cut yeah, I could see that. But I also wonder how much of this is tied to because I feel that there's just generally been a anti-crypto and anti-NFT movement recently online, you know, especially with, you know, like the pretty bad PR when it comes to environmental concerns and all that. Right. And then just generally, if you have Elon Musk as the face of crypto like that, you know, you're, it's going to polarize some people. Right. Well, there's the evil um, ape stuff, too. If yeah. you saw that where the creator uh, of that NFT series walked away with $3.4 million. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody got their NFT, anything like that. So that, I mean, and that happens in crypto all the time. You've got all these crypt- crypto pumps that are now being investigated by the SEC and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's no different than stock trading at times and, and people, you know, taking advantage of others to make money themselves. Um, but I think that crypto and NFTs have been abused and, and used to take advantage of, of people more significantly than anything else Um, because everybody's like yeah you can just jump into crypto anybody can do it um but if you don't do your research you don't understand that you know a lot of the coins outside of bitcoin and ethereum and things like the graph and some of the other ones that have real world applications um they're garbage and you just you shouldn't be touching them um so, so it's now a bad time Shiba to announce coin. Yeah. Raptor coin. Bad, Raptor yeah, bad no. time to announce no, no, that. No, no. <laughs> Maybe we'll wait Dude, till next on, week. No. Let the news die down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but, oh, don't uh, tempt me. I'm going to go see if that domain's available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, all, we all know Rutledge and his love of purchasing domains. Yeah, you just got to get it before this episode goes live and then you're good. <laughs> Otherwise, someone else might steal it. <laughs> I'm already on the registrar. <laughs> I was going to say, let's have a bet. What, one minute, two minutes this domain yeah. is going to be purchased? Yeah, I bet you five Raptor coins. One minute. <laughs> <laughs> $4,700 for that domain? What? <laughs> That's like six Raptor coins. What? Man. I can get the .net for 11 but the, the .com is considered a premium domain. Wow. $4,795. Is it because it's got coin in it? Is I bet it is. Wait, can, can we get Raptor.coin? Is that a thing? Uh, Raptor Raptorco.in. I don't maybe. <laughs> Ooh, I bet we could Raptor do that. Coin dot ninja. <laughs> we we do own Raptors. R A P T O dot R S. Um, that's our mm -hmm. short weekend. So you can get creative with domain names, but the fact that it is almost five thousand dollars is insane. Oh yeah, yeesh. But I I do love that in this this Steam story of Steam saying, hey, we're not allowing cryptocurrencies or NFTs on our on our marketplace anymore. Tim Sweeney's like, but we will <laughs> come, come over here, come over to Epic Games where it's we like, we let it happen. That's just like a that's I mean that's that's a solid investment. It's like it, oh like, all of these companies are getting turned away by Steam. Like we don't have to pay them for exclusivity amazing. or like pushing people to our platform. Sure, we'll do it. <laughs> and then wasn't he immediately like a bunch of people like tweeting on him hey is this you when he was tweeting about how they'd never allow that on epic games or something like that oh yeah I like he said that. something he did a couple about years it. ago yeah yeah and they're like hey what happened <laughs> changed i mean what I happened like... is probably epic has been working on a way to monetize <laughs> nfts on their end Mm -hmm. No, I, I think honestly, Epic's number one drive when it comes to the Epic Game Store is whatever Steam's doing, we won't do it. They don't have a shopping cart, or do they now? I don't know. But it took them a long time to do the fucking wish list too, right? But no, I, yeah. I feel like just most of the PR is generally like we're gonna do the anti-Steam, and that's and right. you know that's how they that's how they position themselves too. Right? You can see it, and whenever people you know hate on Epic or hate on Steam, there's always like that pro the other side vibe to it you know when at the end of the day they're both just marketplaces like yeah why are you why are you at bat for either of them it's it's dumber than than the people arguing which of the plastic boxes that sits under their tv is better it's like which of the storefronts that i can access from the same computer is better than the yeah other. <laughs> it would be like it'd be like someone going like really hardcore for target and someone being really hardcore for walmart and just being like battling to the end mm-hmm it's like who cares those people like <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i don't know this is just it's it's funny to see it play out and i'll be honest i feel like i don't see enough games that are like like i haven't seen a game become like game of the year type of thing and it's cryptocurrency based you know usually almost all of them sound like gimmicks feel like gimmicks like yeah. they don't really take hold as like a center stage part of the industry you know they become a joke it's, i mean yeah it's it's like they're they're nfts being sold as games versus it being like a game where cryptocurrency or like where nfts are part of it mm -hmm. well like uh what is it intellivision i think is selling uh yeah. nft games before the console is even available yeah 
Um, well, yeah, they don't even, they're not even, you can put down a $50 deposit on one of the new Intellivision consoles. There's no release date. There's no release window even as far as I saw. But you can spend $150 getting a pack of like eight games for it. That, that, and also like, it's like one of those where like, it's a physical NFT. So it's, it's just a physical copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like most things are physical NFTs by definition, kind of. <laughs> What what was that that bit from Devolver, the non fuckwithable tape? The tape, yeah, the non fuckwithable <laughs> tape. I love that. But yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it that feels scammy. You know, like even like you don't really have to dig in much. There's just something. There's just a vibe to it. Yep. You know, yeah. And I can I can see why Valve would try to distance themselves from it just to keep that off of their marketplace. You know. Hey, but check out these uh, uh, CSGO skin sites, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very yeah. true. There's just, a, there's just a name for it now. There wasn't before, or there wasn't like a unified term. Well, plus, Valve can make money off those CSGO skins, so that's fair exactly. game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's shift on over to talk about some of the games we've well, been before playing. Before we jump, I, I just oh. want to say I bought Raptor Coin. <laughs> I name domains, so yeah. You what domains? Mm-hmm. I name them. Like you so just, cut them up. I buy stupid domains, and okay. this just made sense. <laughs> you know, and hey, we'll use it eventually. Well, yeah. it'll be like I'll a raptor a coin where you keep it and then it increases in value and then you can sell it for $5,000. We'll tie it into our membership platform. All right. <laughs> you just have to find Rutledge in person for him to pay you. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go off and his quickly. His address is, uh, let's just a second mm-hmm. here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And his phone number is. Yeah. <laughs> Getting doxxed on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Back for Blood because I think that's that's the big game that all four of us have played uh, mm-hmm. over the past week. I think many people have tried it, especially because it's on Game Pass, right? So it's pretty easy to try, or if you want to buy it, you can. Uh, that's our Game Pass mention of, of the episode with uh, Stretch cheering over there. Um, but Back for Blood, essentially Left for Dead Three, right? It's uh, Turtle Rock's newest four-player co-op experience after Evolve happened. And here we are with zombies again, ridden. So we at the are we at the point now that we can we can officially start calling games Left for Dead likes? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'd, I'm sure we're never going to call them back for blood likes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cold. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's it's a pretty solid game overall. Um. Uh, the one thing I'm glad that they patched out this week was the specials, the Ridden, uh, spawned way too much. Mm. Uh, and they still do. They still do, but it wasn't as bad <laughs> as like you're fighting that first boss in the first act and you've got like 23 special Ridden there too, just molly whopping you. Mm-hmm. Rut, have you tried getting good? <laughs> I hear that that's a pretty important part of the game. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we got to that point way sooner than like someone had a bet out there when was when was anyone on the show gonna say get good as a joke are you <laughs> saying this is, is the dark souls of shooters no that was lawbreakers <laughs> weren't you listening no, to this is... <laughs> that's true yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
This is the Dark Souls of Get Left good. for <laughs> Dark Souls of Left for Dead likes. Yeah, I think. But I don't know that that's probably the thing that's baffling me the most about this game is that you know on paper it should be fun, right? I mean, because you, know, you hop in with three friends, shoot a bunch of zombies, whatever, right? Like it's hard to mess that up. It's the same reason Borderlands has been, you know, anywhere from tolerable to really fun, depending on where you land on it, right? Um, but the difficulty in this game feels really borked on like a fundamental level. And it's so different from the beta. The beta I feel like was finely tuned. It felt it felt challenging, but not punishing. Whereas with this game, even the normal difficulty, it's nearly ridiculous, I feel, in how much damage you take, how many special zombies show up to do that damage to you, you know, and they just swarm you from every direction. Yeah, they don't even really feel special by the time you get through like two levels and at the start of every encounter, at least four specialists show up out of nowhere. Um, it, it it just doesn't feel like they're special. They also go down a lot easier than like a, a charger or a tank from a, from Left 4 Dead would. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it, it just feels like with a normal difficulty to me that unless you're on a team with four people and you like coordinate and you like legit coordinate you know like you talk to each other and know like where are you positioned who's gonna flank that sort of stuff it it becomes really difficult to figure things out and that's the thing i know that there are probably people out there who are just like well why don't you just get good right because i sure there are probably people out there who are better at this game than i am right but for a four-player co-op experience that's just supposed to be like hopping with the mates and enjoy some fun your choices of difficulty shouldn't be like brain dead baby mode and super hard like try hard mode and nothing in between you know well one of the frustrating things too is like you spend all this time in each act building up your deck and like leveling up your guns adding attachments and then you go to the next act and even though it's a continuation from the last one you just you're starting fresh um mm. it's kind of a it's it's weird whereas like with left for dead you would choose your loadout that was it um, there's this RPG element to it that feels really good towards the end of an act, but at the start of an act, it's painful. Like you're having to restart with guns that are just iron sights and um, none of the perks, none of the attachments. Um, the start of every act is just frustrating. That's I I feel playing through it. It always feels like the 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 level of stress, the level of engagement is always at the same level. Left 4 Dead 2 would have a whole bunch, of, like Left 4 Dead would have a whole bunch of like, you're going down alleys, you're going into buildings, you know, climbing up some stairs, hopping out a window, going down whatever that you would only ever see like two or three zombies at at a time. A lot of Back for Blood felt to me like you're just consistently fighting. Um, mm -hmm. consistently fighting and then you get to you know a place where it says activate this to alert the horde and then you'll find like ammo extra weapons and stuff there there isn't as much of like the the weapons or the things to upgrade scattered throughout um and it, it kind of leads to like no matter how you're playing it's all one play style um versus the last big game like this um which i actually prefer uh which was world war z um you know the rpg 
progression in that was tied to the character you were playing. So it wouldn't be that you would get to a next part in the story and everything would reset with almost roguelite elements, but instead, um, you know, you could build up your character. And the purpose was that you would you would really only want to play through the game first on normal with like a Diablo-esque um, progression that like as you build up that character, as you learn levels more, um, as you buy more attachments and, and upgrade your, your character, that's when you would then want to be taking on these harder challenges. Mm. Um, but probably the biggest difference that I see in World War Z is starting off with like a silenced pistol. You can You can start a level and like go guns blazing or you can go through and like coordinate with the people you're playing with and just like quietly pop headshots off on zombies. Um, and it's a wholly different experience. The first time I played it through with a friend and like even your your AI partners that are with you will not go loud until you go loud. Um, oh, that's nice. And it's just, it it allows that different in, difference in play style that yeah, like any stealth game, you're going to mess up and the best laid plans will suddenly become an all out loud brawl. Um, and then there are definitely the horde moments, but it's like, you need those quiet moments to enjoy the high intensity moments. Um, and back for blood just seems like on, on the same level, no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think probably one of the more frustrating things I found and maybe it's just cause like I've, I've most of the games I've played have been with like random people online, not like a coordinated, like, you know, military group of four people or whatever, <laughs> like are tightly knit and know everything. But, you know, there's, there's something about a four player co-op experience that like when you hop into it, you know, you just want to have like some fun, right? You just want to like enjoy the vibe of like killing a bunch of pixelated zombies and whatever, whatever. Right. So there's a more lax attitude that comes with playing with random people online because everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. And then, you know, if you ping at a, a special zombie enough times, maybe someone else will help you kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, you're always running off on your own. And and then the sleepers happen. And they fucking, <laughs> they're the worst <laughs> zombies in this entire game. Because they just, they don't quite feel approachable unless you're playing Carly. Because Carly can like see them through walls, right? But everyone else is like, you're fucked when it comes to sleepers, right? Like I've died so many times because it's like I'm out there, I get sleepered, and then like no one else is nearby to help out, and then getting sleepered triggers the horde. So even if someone is nearby to try to help, they can't get to you because the horde has just started, you know. And I wonder so, yeah, if because like- uh, me and Scrappy played some yesterday, and I was thinking about this after we were done. I wonder how much, uh, in terms of playing like with random people, how much uh, Game Pass is not helping in some way. What I mean by that is that it's just a bunch of people like trying it that maybe aren't as in- interested and don't really know that much about it and are going in relatively blind-ish. It's just, just a new game that they got on Game Pass. Um, and there were some, like, when we were playing yesterday, we were like, oh, this is ridiculous sometimes. Like, I wish we had the recording of that first one we played. Because oh, yeah. we like go upstairs on the very first map, and it, we're just surrounded immediately by everything. Couldn't do anything, and it's like, how can you? Even if we were the best players in the world, you can't shoot fast enough to kill what is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy sometimes. Yeah, and that 
honestly just makes me scared of like the hardest difficulty (laughs) veteran or or no nightmare right nightmare difficulty because like that's the thing because it's a roguelike ish progression system right where the only thing you really keep are cosmetics Mm -hmm. because the beginning of every act you're same shit guns like you're only one card right or two cards so like you just have to be good to survive on the higher difficulties and it's, it's that classic get good you know vibe right and you know i'm not like a pro gamer like i've played a couple dark souls all right i'm i play some hard <laughs> shit but like i'm no you know i'm not a speedrunner. i'm not a like fighting game evo champion or anything right like i'm not gonna say that i'm the best at gaming but there is something about this game that just feels like i don't know if i could approach it like long term you know yeah, I mean, well, to me, it feels um, like you play through the game and, and that's about it. It doesn't have the same staying power that Left 4 Dead did just because the there was a lot more replayability there, I guess. Um, like, it's cool that you have the card system that'll kind of shake things up. Um, every playthrough will be a little bit different for the most part. But I think it would have been a lot more impactful if you kept all of your stuff throughout the entire game so it's like and they rather than every single level you're getting a card they spread it out a little bit more or something along those lines so that there is a true progression from the start of the story to the end um it it just feels like okay cool we've chunked it out into acts but realistically i would be keeping my stuff through the whole game in literally other any other game um so it's it's weird and sometimes and when you get molly at the start of a of an act after you had like awesome guns the last one it's just frustrating um like man i built up that gun managed to get all legendary attachments and now i'm just back to as if i was starting over again Um, Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the shame too right is that because there are moments in this game that do feel pretty cool you know when it's like the four of you or even if you're not like super coordinated like like the fairy in the beginning felt pretty fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's like that, there's one of the, the like corridor segments I've seen videos of in like act two or three, I think, like you're in some prison or hospital or something like that. I'm like, that looks like it's a lot of fun as you're being chased from like both angles, like both ways and you're running down this hallway and I'm like, that sounds rad. But I also don't know if I want to stick around and survive all of the all of the other shit just to try that, you know? I think to to Otten's idea, it would be interesting to see, like if if this week, this first week that it's been out, if that's a whole bunch of people hopping onto Game Pass, giving it a try, and potentially petering off. I wonder what type of of players or community will be here in two weeks. Mm. Like, will you not have that trouble of you know the sleepers as much because the people who have been playing it now know like that's one of the possible spawn points or like that's a guaranteed spawn yeah. um and how and how you know the expertise and moving away from the the casual crowd um will alter it mm. but yeah it does feel like even on its lowest difficulty it's still a game that you you need to be focusing on to play versus like the basic difficulty in left for dead where you can just run around like um, smacking away zombies with the butt of your weapon and you're just having fun. Well, that I kind of disagree with because I feel like the easiest difficulty is like mind numbing. Yeah, it is just way too easy. It's boring. It's way boring to me. 
might have been just because I was playing with three bots then. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. No, but like when you play it on the easiest difficulty, even with four, with three random people, it is just like like you barely take damage and you destroy almost everything pretty easily. So like the most you have to worry about is like objectives, not necessarily like can I survive while I'm doing the objectives, you know? So I don't know. It's yeah. yeah I think there's just like some difficulty tweaking that yeah, needs to happen here it's, that's the vibe i got like we we're saying you take a lot of damage and there's nothing really to help you. you're like oh you're screwed you're not gonna be able mm -hmm. to heal from that and it's like oh you mean i took i got i made one mistake and i got hit by one of these special ones and half of my health's gone and it's just or the hat grabs now. you and you're dead yeah and it's mm -hmm. just like okay there's and there it just there's not that you need a lot of mitigating things for the difficulty but there's no like reward for making it through like if even if you make it to safe like the safe house you're like all right we made it i'm still at a quarter of my health yeah like oh and i have to spend a bunch of money maybe to heal myself so i can't upgrade so i'm kind of screwed like it's just like nothing is helpful i think they <laughs> might have fixed the health kits in some of the safe houses because i remember when we played that first night or so um we were having to pay for med stuff. Well, first um, charge I, is free, like, but after that you pay. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. I've been so buddy and I've been playing the last couple days and every time we run into one there's four free charges. So that's the easy mode. That's on the No, we're we're not on easiest. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure what changed, but something changed because I don't remember or, there being four free charges before. Weird. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there were a lot of people who were hoping that this would be like the next Left 4 Dead, right? And I, I'm i not sure if it'll have that staying power, but also I feel like Left 4 Dead has been around so long and it's also like a mod wonderland that, you know, is it, is it really ever going to get dethroned, you know? Well, and some of the achievements in Left 4 Dead were fun too, um, compared to these that are really the only secret ones are finding the secrets. Um, but like in Left 4 Dead, there was the one where you just had to carry the freaking garden gnome for the whole level. Yeah. Um, that was mm -hmm. the hardest achievement to get because um, you had to do it on like the hardest difficulty too. Like stuff like that made made the game funny because you're trying to do these achievements and you're just laughing even though you're annoyed as hell because you've been smacked down for the sixth time in a row. Um, but it's just hilarious. So yeah. I just don't feel that same level of heart. Mm -mm. I just don't feel like I can laugh a lot in yeah. in Back for Blood. Um, let's see here, Rut. Have you been playing anything else besides Turtle Rock's latest? <laughs> um, I have been playing a bit of Rift Breaker that dropped on Friday. I think it's kind of similar to the other one I talked about, uh, the Age of Darkness. Um, and that you are a mech pilot dropping into a, a, a new world, essentially, to build out a base and harvest resources for Earth, um, as well as like build a portal back to Earth to send resources back. And I'm not too far in, but there's a lot of a lot of complexity to it. Um, you know, you've got resources to farm that you can either farm those resources for materials, or you can use them to create um, power to handle your turrets and, and your upgrades and stuff like that. And then there's these waves of, of creatures that'll swarm your base essentially every once in a while. Um, but apparently, and again, I'm not too far in, but you can 
explore the whole planet. So you build a base in one place, and then once you've got access to the orbital station, you can kind of drop in different areas to find new resources and just keep building up more and more. Um, so far, it's pretty fun, and there's a boatload of people playing it both on Steam and on Xbox. So I'll be Is curious like to R- see. RTS or like action? Like, like- well, and you can run around as your mech and, and basically go and take out nests and, and expand and stuff like that. So it's a mix of RTS and horde mode and a, bit, a little bit of like action RPG because you can also create weapons. There's a whole skill upgrade tree um, that's essential to progression. Um but it's it's pretty fun so far, so I'm gonna keep playing it over the next couple of days. Hell yeah! Sounds like it's a good time. Just a lot of like kind of mindless fun, mm-hmm. kind of exploring a planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Turn on some music and just go to town. Hell yeah! Uh, Stretch, what about you? Uh, yeah. Uh, aside from the bits of Back for Blood I've been playing, uh, I've been diving back into Ocarina of Time Randomizer. Oh, um, so not the expansion pack version. <laughs> no, not the expansion pack version. I mean, this is what, like, I enjoy Ocarina of Time normally. I enjoy it on my 3DS. I definitely enjoy the randomizer. Um, you know, in case you're not sure, not aware what a randomizer is, it's pretty much you start off as a Link in his house, um, but every every item, every chest in the game has swapped out contents. So it could be that you like come out of your house, you go to Mido's hut across the way and um, the four chests in there just have like two Skulltula tokens and a five rupee and a green rupee. Or that could be your um, like your your bomb bag, some bomb shoes, uh, uh, ocarina or even both ocarina upgrades. Um, and it's just a fun, interesting way to play the game for those who have already played it hundreds of times it's really cool to see the different ways that sequence breaks can happen like uh you know a place that you'll never go to as adult link is that you can go back into dodongo's cavern um because that like crater in the wall is just open um you can't go back to any of the other child dungeons but for whatever reason you can but it means that if you're playing this randomizer and you get your ocarina and the song of time and you can open the gateway to to become an adult. You can do the entirety of Dodongo's dungeon as an adult. Hmm. Um, there are whole sections that like you need to loop around as a child because like the ledge is just slightly too high to climb up. But as an adult, you can just walk up, hop up, hit a switch, and continue progression. Oh, that's um, kind of fun. And it's just like a fun logic puzzle. Like um, any item you need will never be passed when you need it unless you're like know all of the stuff to like sequence break the crap out of the game um and there's just kind of like a logic puzzle of like well i've got all of these items um you know i might have a bunch of certain items i might not have a strength upgrade yet so i can only go so far in the in the the forest temple um but you can do like all of like the outside area and down into the well uh, but if you don't get the strength upgrade, then it might be, well, there's no point going in there just yet. Where else do I have more access to? Um, and you've just kind of like got to play it fun, play it smart and and see whether you can beat the game. And I think like I'm still it's still taking me like five, six hours to beat it. Um, but like the really good speedrunners that you see playing it like uh, like ZFG, um, he'll have it done in like two and a half hours. 
Um, and those are also really entertaining, like races to watch between two speedrunners. Um, that both have like the same seed stuff is in the same spot. Um, and then it's just like based on like their knowledge of the game, their knowledge of skips, uh, their knowledge of like the logic to, uh, to try to beat the game as fast as possible. Super entertaining. I'm a huge speedrunning nerd though. Yeah, I was going to say, because I know randomizers are huge in the speedrunning community, especially with, you know, with these games that have been played to death, right? Like where everyone kind of knows. Be careful. I hear speedrunning's yeah. risky. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it um, a, Another cool thing that I've seen coming up with, with randomizers as well is that they'll do like randomizer bingo races that like at the start, a, a like a five by five board will be generated of like different things that you need to do. Um and then it'll be, you know, they can either play it like normal bingo or like lockout bingo. So runners will like kind of get an idea of which row or column is the easiest that they think that they can do. Um, and then they'll they'll race each other or like race for like majority of the board. Mm. And it's just like a cool way of taking a game that so many people have played hundreds of thousands of times um, and just making it fun and unique. And like I spent all of yesterday while the dc fandom event was happening i just like had that up in one monitor and had ocarina of time up on another screen and just you know that same kind of like mindless get in the get in the zone put some music on and and play through some ocarina of time yeah i just watched robert pattinson beat the shit out of people while uh yeah. link <laughs> figure yeah. some stuff out he's an angry bat <laughs> yeah <laughs> If you haven't seen the trailer, there's a scene where he literally says, I am vengeance. I mean, and isn't that what you want from Batman? Come on. Is it? Yeah. Is it though? It's got, yeah. it's got big emo Batman Begins energy to it, mm -hmm. which I'm all for. He's he's taking out the, you know, the twilight, all the twilight built up in him, save for this moment. <laughs> he hates those movies. Yeah. Have you guys seen oh, some yeah. of the, the interviews that he has? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he hates them. He's, it's always like I mean, people ask me. He's like, I can't believe people like this garbage. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, what is it? He's a hundred and seventeen year old preying on a sixteen year old girl. That's a bit creepy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he has aged out of it very gracefully. Like he's like oh, he's yeah. doing some pretty cool. Oh, shit and now he's a great actor. actor. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Just kind of cursed as Edward for a little while yeah. there. Yeah, Edward. Uh, <laughs> But I think that wraps us up for this week's episode of the Tag Rabber Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you liked what we did here. Um, if you did have a little fun, you know, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would help out immensely. Or if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you know, why not hit the like button? Maybe hit subscribe if you haven't already. Or if you're listening on your podcast app, of course, hit subscribe there too. Um, you know, if you have any thoughts about what we've talked about here, you can leave us some comments below on YouTube. Let us know what you think. Are you having fun with Back for Like, really, ask yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. Are you having fun with Back for Blood? Really? Let us know That's in the cool. comments. Liars. What do you think? Liars. Also, keep <laughs> an eye out for sure some Raptor, Raptor coin. coin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to, and go to Raptor, raptorco.in. It does work now. Yeah. Oh, man. I redirected it does, to the main site. It just... Okay, for yeah, for yeah. now, but eventually some cool shit will happen at that domain. Oh, please we'll don't make promises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, it, actually, though, for real, if you do want more, you know, news, features, reviews, all of that stuff, you know, we're always publishing stuff at techraptor.net or apparently right now at raptorco.in. Um, so yeah, hit us up there. You know, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We've got a lot of cool things going, a lot of spooky features, too, because, you know, it's the spooky season, right? It's scary times. Uh, we've got this pretty cool one about some uh, really creepy moments in Mario that you might not be thinking about. So why not hit up the site and check it out? Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about all the latest and greatest and gaming and all that jazz. Um, but you'll just have to wait until next Monday, I guess. This has been the Tech Raptor Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.